Chadwick Smiley, and we are thrilled to have you uh, tuned into our program today, uh, particularly and especially in this hour, where we will feature two conversations, uh, both about health. Uh, on the backside of this hour, our resident physician, Dr. Robert Drummond, on prostate cancer in black men in light of Dexter Scott King's untimely passing. He was only 62, the youngest son of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., and Coretta Scott King passed away Monday here in Southern California at his Malibu home. And so we'll talk about black men and prostate cancer. Uh, Dexter, way too young to be dead at 62. We'll talk about that uh, on the back side of this hour. We commenced this hour, though, with a dear friend of ours. Uh, I've had the honor of talking to her many times over the years, in part because she was um, a physician that was consulted by my dear friend um, Cheryl Flowers, who's been gone now for over 10 years. Um, Cheryl was a brilliant black woman who was my longtime producer of uh, this radio program uh, for many years and uh, has been gone now for over over a decade, uh, but lost her battle with triple negative breast cancer at the age of 42. If you're ever in Los Angeles uh, visiting and you come to our studios, you'll see on the front of our building and on the back of our building a, a plaque that uh, we placed on our building uh, dedicating these studios to one Cheryl Flowers. So either the front or the back entrance, you'll see a beautiful plaque with Cheryl's um, image and name and other detail uh, on the walls of this building. Uh, so uh, I met Dr. Olipade uh, many years ago when Cheryl was uh, trying to navigate her uh, bout with triple negative, and it, it sadly took her out. Uh, but much progress has been made since that time on triple negative, uh, and Dr. Olipade has been at the epicenter of that. But today she's on to decipher, help us decipher the genetic code of breast cancer for vulnerable populations, principally black women. Dr. Olapati, good to hear your voice again. How are you today? Oh, it's wonderful to talk to you. And I can't believe it's almost 10 years since yes. we lost Cheryl. Yeah. Thank you for all you do to give information and to empower everyone in the community to take charge of their health. Thank you. I can't thank you enough for continuing to honor her memory. Nope, it is I who should thank you, and I will right now, because you've been at the epicenter of all of this. Um, you are the, the person that sisters literally all across the country um, are, are trying to track down. Uh, and I, I know this not just from Cheryl's case, but from other people who I've recommended, Dr. Olapati. And I want, let, me, let me just say this. Um, it means something when you have access to black experts. Uh, and I don't care what the field, I don't care what the field of human endeavor is, but it means something when there's a black woman named Dr. Olapade who you can refer other women to when they themselves or family members are facing breast cancer or triple negative breast cancer. And I must say that over the years, as I've told the story, people know the story about Cheryl, um, and, and my relationship, uh, with her over the years, uh, in this radio business, um, they've come to me and asked me for for advice, and uh, can you connect me to that doctor whose name they can't pronounce, Olapade? <laughs> and that's her last name. You really, you really can't pronounce her first name. Um, but um, they've asked me, can you connect me to Dr. Olapade? And I've done that. And every time I've sent someone her way across this country, she's always responded uh, um, generously and charitably and quickly. And so I want to just thank you for the work you're doing, but for also responding to all the people that I've personally sent to you. And that says nothing of your practice uh, and all the people that you see all the time. That said, let me, let me just jump right in, uh, with this broad question first, and then we'll talk about the genetic code. Um, I, I intimated a moment ago that, um, triple negative is not now the death sentence that it was, uh, sadly for Cheryl over a decade ago. Am I accurate in that assessment? Oh, you are absolutely correct. 
And uh, the reason why I really love talking to you this time of the year is that, you know, we have made so much progress. And while I was waiting to get on, I was really enjoying the idea around climate justice. Mm. As you know, I live on the south side of Chicago. And anyone who has come to Chicago will know about the rivalry between the south side and the west side. Because, you know, we all know where we live. We know our communities. We know the food we eat. We know how we live our lives. And black people should be celebrated for having the resilience to not only survive but thrive in America where we are so divided. Mm -hmm. And having said that, you know, I have always wanted to study genetics because we all, everyone was born by a woman or, you know, came through this world through a woman. Mm -hmm. So I always really want to give due respect to all the black women who came before me and, uh, and to know that uh, we can't do this work alone. So, you know, working on the south side of Chicago and having my community support my research, having the community ask the questions when we go to them and we ask them, can we do genetics research? Mm. And they said, we want to be treated like everybody else. Whatever you're doing at the University of Chicago, we're going to support you and we're going to do that work. That's how I got into genetics. And that's how we started talking about BRCA1 and BRCA2. And you know what? I'm asking everyone, you know your family history, you know who has had breast cancer, and I'm sorry that we lost another young man to prostate cancer. Yes. We have lost young black men to colorectal cancer. And we don't know why, right? So anytime we are faced with someone we care about who is a celebrity dying of cancer, let us bring it back home and ask, how about people in our own community? And so when I started asking people in the community, what do you know about genetics? What do you know about breast cancer? You know, they told me we have never seen anyone survive. Hold that, hold that thought one second, Dr. Olpati. Um, I want to come back to that point just a second here, um, in a second here. Um, I am fascinated by what you're about to tell me about black people and genetics. And I, I raise that because I know that black people are oftentimes scared of medicine because of the history of the way we've been maltreated in this country. So when you go to black people and say you want to research uh, them and their families and their bodies on for genetic research, I can't imagine that a lot of folks didn't get scared about that. I want to hear the story. When we come forward, you're listening to Dr. Olapati on Tavis Smiley. Interrogating and unpacking. That's what we do around here. You're listening to Tavis Smiley. Ready to re-examine your assumptions and expand your inventory of ideas? More of Tavis Smiley coming your way right now. More of Dr. Fumi Olapati coming your way right now. Dr. Olapati, when, when you go to a bunch of black folk on the south side of Chicago, or for that matter elsewhere, and you tell them you want to do research about them, you want to do genetic research on them, how do they respond? Well, so, of course, it's like, we're, we're in into that yet, is what I heard. Yeah. And I was like, well, <laughs> you know, to do that, you have to gain the trust of the community. And because I am from the community, and I know exactly why they should not participate in my research, I had to go through people who are embedded in the community, people who look like them, and I would say, look, 
You know, I'm at the University of Chicago. We're, we're studying cures for tomorrow for your cancer of today. And I have this beautiful family that came from Northwest Indiana. Mm. And they know their family history. They brought their family history to me and they said, you know, we are from the South. We have generations, five generations of our family who have had breast cancer. Help us out here. And so by doing that, I learned how to communicate, how to say we're all in this together. And that's how we were able to do it. And that's why I'm really about genetic justice. Mm. It's more than black and white. It's about all of us being included. And so we're now at the point where we say you have to include us. Otherwise, don't sell medications to us. And I'm really pleased that that movement is going on now where we are all sitting at the table. We are developing the protocols together and the community trusts that we're not going to use these genetics to discriminate. But we can't relent on being included in studies. Mm. And I'm so thrilled that you are talking to communities across this country because if we remain afraid of participating in genetics research, if we stay away from fighting for climate justice, then we're the ones who are going to suffer the worst consequences of it. So that's why I want us to be at the forefront. And I came to Chicago 40 years ago, and I promised myself I'm not going to leave until I get this movement to be national Mm -hmm. and to be global. Well, you're working, you're working hard at it, and I'm honored, always honored to have you on this program. I love the way you just brilliantly, uh, as only you can do, uh, linked climate justice with genetic justice. I just love the linkage that you made between those two things. Um, g- give, give me a sense and give the audience a sense of what um, specifically you are doing when it comes to uh, uh, g- your genetic research, this uh, deciphering of the genetic code as it relates to breast cancer. Take me inside your lab. What are you, what are you doing exactly? Yeah, so, so I have this beautiful uh, space that actually overlooks the skyline in Chicago, and I'm there. It's a foggy day and gloomy day in Chicago, but I'm on the eighth floor, and I'm so happy to be in Chicago because to my right is the lake, oh, yeah. and to my left is one of the most deprived uh, uh, communities in Chicago, in Woodlawn. Mm -hmm. And when people talk about Chicago, they talk about the crime. But I talk about my neighbors, people who get up every morning, have a way to go to work even when it is cold. And then they get sick and they come to me. And when I tell them to participate in research, because we are in the neighborhood, they say, well, doc, I trust you. And I tell them, I've been here 40 years. I know where you're coming from. And so some of our patients, we have to get them food to be able to get them through chemotherapy. That could be life-saving for them. Mm. So over time, we have learned that it's not just about the genetics alone. It's about even your environment, whether you're stressed out all the time. So yes, we did the work. We were the ones to bring out BRCA1, BRCA2, When you talk about BRCA1, everybody thinks about Angelina Jolie. But the only people I can think of are my patients, my Mm. black, young, beautiful people like Cheryl Flowers who died prematurely. And that's why we started really saying it's not just the genetics. You know, she didn't have a genetic mutation, but what was it that made her develop triple negative breast cancer? Mm. And as of today, we have not found 
that solution. And that's why we all need to walk towards doing more and more research. So, yes, I sequence whole genomes. I sequence genomes of patients who are African-Americans. I sequence genomes of people who, are, who just say I'm black and proud. Mm -hmm. And then I do my work across the Caribbean and I collaborate with everybody because we have to be part of the solution. And guess what? Everyone comes to me and says, we don't have enough. They, they won't participate. And, they, and I was like, well, why don't you hire people who look like me <laughs> to be the head of your research? Yes. Maybe they will participate. So that's a movement where every comprehensive cancer center now is talking about don't just go to the community to take their samples. Engage the community. Help them develop jobs. University of Chicago is the highest employer on the south side of Chicago. Mm -hmm. And we have a diverse workforce. We first have to make sure that they are safe at home, that they have food to eat, and then they can participate. And yeah. we just want people to trust us. You mentioned earlier that uh, that my friend Cheryl Flowers uh, did not have a genetic mutation, which leads me to ask, um, are, are there ways, this is your lane, uh, you're the expert, not me, but are, are there ways uh, for black folk in particular to find out anything about their genetics in advance of whatever they may be susceptible to? Yes. So the good news uh, in terms of really using genetics to develop the treatment for you is that the triple negative breast cancer that Cheryl had, we started using immunotherapy. And one of my colleagues, actually Dr. Nanda, who was working under me at the time, mm -hmm. was one of the first to take this as a biomarker to go and do a national study where we gave everybody who had the gene signature that would allow you to get on the clinical trial. This is the iSpy clinical trial. We just published the paper. If you get access to clinical trials early, there's no difference between black and white mm. because we use the genomic biomarker to find who needs this treatment and when they needed it. The only problem is all those people who participated in that clinical trial have had a chance to survive. And the people who stayed in their community and didn't have a chance to survive died prematurely. But that started after we got Cheryl and we realized that triple negative breast cancer is not the same as all these other cancers. It's so many different types of cancer. And that's why we're going deeper to find out, okay, if it's not BRCA1, it's not BRCA2. What is it then? Mm. And that's what brings me to my new study that I'm doing with all the California universities that my friend at UCSF, Dr. Laura Esserman, started, which is we've got to get to black women early. We can't wait till we're 50 to start screening. We now just have a, a study now to get black women at 30 to go and ask their doctor, what's my genetic risk factor? Mm. Or just ask, what's my risk factor for breast cancer? Because I don't know why we're getting triple negative breast cancer. Mm. What, what, are you, what are you seeing? You've been at this for in, in Chicago on the South Side for 40 years, as you mentioned. Uh, what have you seen over that four-decade period? What are you seeing now when it comes to black people being willing to participate or being asked to participate in clinical trials? Yeah, so this, it's a true story. So my, my friend was doing a Sina Breast Network in California and then asked me to be on her committee supervising the study. And every time I asked them, what's going on? I was like, well, there are only 48 black people participating. 
I said, 48 black people in California? Did you go to Oakland? Did you go to this? <laughs> and then I said, okay, well, why don't you bring it to Chicago? Because I'm going to mobilize my community, and they're going to be out there doing this for you. And guess what? Not only did we get the study in Chicago, mm. we went to Ingalls Hospital, where my friend was born, and which is in a predominantly black community. Do you know that we have now more than 3,000 people in Chicago participating? Yes, and 25% yes. of them self-identify as black women. Mm. It's black, it's Hispanic, and everyone. We go to uh, churches. We're doing outreach. Every time they ask us to come to a party on the south side, we're there. Mm. Because we have a recruiter that is from the community, is not afraid about the community, and we're all solving the problem together. And yeah. it's been the most important thing that I have done so far yeah. to be able to bring that genetic result to the wisdom study. And guess what? It's a now an online platform. You can join anywhere you are. We've gone to sorority uh, houses where, you know, we have black middle class, we have working class. Anywhere you are, if you have a smartphone or even a dumb phone, you can join <laughs> wisdom study <laughs> wisdomstudy.org wisdomstudy.org repeat that again wisdomstudy.org i love how you that you that phrase you use it's the best work i've done so far and you said it so like so loud and so clear it's the best work i've done so far clearly you are motivated to do to do to do more in, in in all the years i've known you now i've never asked you this question so let me just ask right quick watching my clock got about four minutes left here how did you because one can not just hear one can feel your passion coming through whatever device they're listening to us on right now in whatever city in the country they're listening to us on in chicago we're in the v-o-n hey y'all love v-o-n in chicago um but wherever people are listening right now they cannot just hear but feel your passion coming through that device how did you get so passionate about this work well, you know, I, you know I, I started my career in Chicago, and I was at Cook County Hospital. Oh, yeah. Uh, that was 40 years ago when I, um, when I left Nigeria and then came to, um, uh, uh, to Chicago. And the important thing about um, Chicago is that it's a city that works. And it was cold, it was January, and I was miserable. But you know what? <laughs> Everyone loved me at Cook County Hospital where I started my, 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 my career. And they all said to me, oh, this is this wonderful uh, princess from Africa. And I was like, I'm just one of you. And they <laughs> loved me and I love them back. And so across the diaspora, we're one people, we're one human race. And so that's really how I see all of this is that, we are one human race, and we should respect each other, love each other, and, uh, and if one person is not well, then the whole community is sick. And mm. that's why I'm really excited about the work we do. Yeah, it's a, it's an amazing story. Uh, the work that you are you are you are doing. Um, uh, before I lose you in the next uh, two and a half three minutes here, um, give me some sense of. Uh, I want to make sure I'm clear and the audience is clear on what this wisdomstudy.org. That's, that's the location where you can be a part of it. Wisdomstudy.org. What will this study ultimately reveal? What will it help you do when it's all said and done? Well, the idea of the uh, wisdomstudy.org is that we want to recruit 70,000 women. And if we can go 
to 100,000 women even better. And we want the women to represent America. And the idea really is, do we know when women should start screening? Some people will say start at 40. Some will say start at 50. Does every woman know their risk for breast cancer? If it's not genetics, then what is it? And that's really, if we can get 100,000 women mobilized that represent women who are going in to get their screening, and now you can join the study if you are 30 years and older, we will ask you some questions about your risk factors, your weight. I joined it. I asked all my friends to join it. I got genetic testing because I wanted to know. Mm -hmm. And they told me what my risk is. Most people, their risk is in the middle. It's moderate risk. And some, it's a little shifted to the right. And when I did my risk, was said, well, you know, you put on a lot of weight since you got to America. So guess what? Why don't you exercise? Why don't you eat better? Why don't you sleep better? And so by doing that risk assessment, and they gave me a number of where, what my risk is, I know what to do. And then they told me, well, you don't need to do mammograms every year. You can do mammograms every two years because at your age, and with your risk factor, there's so many things you can do. I don't, you know, I don't drink excessively, mm -hmm. and I'm not obese. So even just filling out that form motivated oh, yeah. me to change my lifestyle because the lifestyle was I wasn't sleeping enough. I was doing all-nighters. Now I sleep, I exercise. I even did the Chicago Marathon, uh -oh. and that was <laughs> success. For me. Yeah, that that's success for anybody. If you can do the Chicago Marathon, <laughs> I, I, I did a few marathons years ago and I stopped, but I, I, I can at least show you my three medals of the three that I did do. Uh, and so that that's that's success for you and for anybody that can pull that off. I love her energy. I love her passion. I love her work. I love her witness. And frankly, I just love her. And I'm always honored to be in dialogue with her. Her name is, her name is Dr. Fumi Olapade. And that study that I wanted to bring your attention, the reason I wanted her on here, is wisdomstudy.org. They're looking for 70,000, 100,000 women all across the country, certainly African-Americans, to just take this study to help them understand better the genetics, help them understand the risk factors that women face and what can be done about it. So, again, it's wisdomstudy.org. Dr. Olapate, thank you again for coming on this program, and I deeply, deeply appreciate you. Thank you very much, and I look forward to talking to you again next year. I look forward Take to care. it next year, if not sooner. All the best to you. Uh, more when we come forward on Tavis Smiley.